I have a monkey mind, which means I get distracted and lose my thoughts easily. So I'd like to talk to you about Notion, a productivity software that allows you to track projects and the other cool stuff. I've been using Notion for about a year now and have loved the freedom it gives me in my business. I'm a proud Notion affiliate as it is my one-stop shop for the back end of my business and my brain when I'm not using my brain. Does that make sense? I didn't think so. <laughs> See what I mean by a monkey mind? I use Notion as a database and a way to track my programs, clients, and projects. If you're looking for a digital tool for your team, personal use, or business, you can check it out on our affiliate link in the episode description. Start today and get organized for tomorrow. Arrive and Thrive would like to begin by first acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land of which we recorded this podcast and extend our respect to elders, past, present, and emerging. Tash Bennett, welcome to the Arrive and Thrive Career Podcast. Thanks for having me. It's so nice to be here. Oh, thank you for coming on. We're just in your uh, workspace at WeWork. Please introduce yourself to our, our listeners. You know, what is it that you do? Um, because I've been, when I saw your profile, I was particularly excited to get you on the show. So I'm stoked oh, you're here. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you may pressure. be better at that introduction <laughs> than me. Um, my name is Tash Menon. Yep. I am a, an Australian woman that lives in Melbourne. Um, I'm originally from Perth in Western Australia, have lived all over Australia, abroad in the UK, across Asia. Um, I'm now very fortunate to run a company called MASH. Um, I founded this business just on five years ago um, and my now co-founder and I, we were um, initially housemates when when I'd started the business and then I sort of, uh, I I say that I convinced her, she says she's convinced (laughs) me, but you know, it depends who you talk to on what day of the week. But in short, we have a business and a head office team that is separated across um, seven cities and two continents and a creative workforce that sits now at just on 230 people uh, across 31 countries. Wow. yeah, it sounds cool, yeah. uh, but it, it when I say this, it's also it's been, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> so, but um, you know, I, I work with some of the most incredible people from from a cultural point of view, from just being a from just being genuinely nice, you know, creative, wonderful people that just sort of uh, I guess inspire me on a daily basis, and I think that's kind of what makes what I do for a living. Um, Yes, a lot of hard work at sometimes, but why I also absolutely love it. So, mm. so Mash is a creative agency. We don't frame ourselves that cool. way. Yep. yep. So um, we call ourselves sort of the creative effectiveness company. Yep. What we mean by that is is that how we actually operate is that we curate creative teams in local areas around the world but we have a global infrastructure that sort of allows us to be the the puppeteers that plugs and play with these different creative teams depending on what a brand requires Uh, why we call ourselves the cultural effectiveness company is we really truly believe it that great creative insight is delivered by the people who actually live and breathe that sort of culture, that sort of life, that yep. sort of country or experience, but also whatever that product or service may be. 
So when we build a team for a brand, it isn't just about who's on our roster, it's about who actually deeply appreciates this type of ice cream or, you know, oh, this type of hotel cool. or if it is, um, uh, you know, we work with some very large entertainment companies, you know, with those entertainment companies, are these the type of people who would actually utilise their streaming services? It's a combination, as we kind of always say, of mindset, skill set and experience yep. rather than just saying we're going to pull together a team of strategists and art directors and creative directors. It's actually looking at what is the cultural insights and the type of people that are best suited for really solving this mm. creative problem or elevating this yep. creative work um, rather than just by going, okay, what are the skill sets on LinkedIn that are required to actually service what this brand needs? Yeah, love that. Does that make – yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a very – I kind of always say if someone – you know, if you were to describe what – what MASH is in one word is we curate and we curate to really enable or empower individuals to have the, I guess, the ability to choose work that fulfills them in Mm. what they're doing. But the plus side for a client that we're working with, they have a fully bespoke curated, you know, team sitting as an extension of their own team. It's not an agency that's just servicing their requirements. We actually embed people to sit as part of their their internal structure, mm. you know, and we had some. I was, I think, I mentioned just before we got on this call. I was on a whirlwind trip um, across Asia last week, meeting with mashes and clients and people that we've, um, you know, is that what the the people are called mashes? Yes, yeah, yeah. So mashes, I, you know, I always say in a in a company like ours, when you have two hundred plus people who are all independent. Um, we truly have to mean that we're only as good as the people we work with mm. because unlike a company that may hire that headcount all full-time, the, the fact is every one, of our, every one of our mashes, if they are provided an opportunity to work on a project, they can say no. Mm. So when a brand works with us, the team that we've curated, every single person is, one, choosing to be there and, two, have been handpicked. Mm. So that quality and calibre... Of, of the team is really bespoke to solving or, you know, solving a particular, providing a solution, solving a problem or elevating sort of the the cultural effectiveness of, of that brand. So it's, um, it, 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 for that reason alone, just, you know, when we start sort of navigating through sort of our community of mashes, I mean, when I started the business, there was me and six others that were, individuals i'd worked with in a previous yep. life and other freelancers and they were they yep. well uh <laughs> four were freelance yep. two were sitting on the like the fence of about to go out on their yep. own and you know i was starting this business and uh, the the idea of it which you know there's been sort of key threads of our purpose that have stayed absolutely true from day dot and that was where you know unlike a you know a traditional agency or a traditional consultancy where if even if you are a freelancer, you have no rights. You know, essentially you come in, you wear the label of that brand on your shirt, you represent them, you work the hours that you're set to work, you probably don't get paid on time. You know, these were a lot of the things I spent about a year freelancing myself, experiencing a lot of things like this myself. And I went, okay, but you actually, and this was, as I think, as we said before we jumped on, MASH was started uh, a year and a half before the pandemic. So this idea of being a freelancer actually had a bit of a, 
a negative perception, um, particularly here in Australia. You know, I used to get asked questions going, oh, so you work with freelancers. Uh, are these people that can't get jobs or, you know, are they mm, living in Bali six months of a year? Yeah. And are they just tr- working five hours a week? Totally. Yeah. Like, you know, there was this perception that um, a high-performing team can't necessarily be built out of individual consultants. And so from the very early days, we set some sort of, sort of, I want to say really tight guardrails in terms of what was freelancing and what was mashing. Mm. And, you know, we have this internal sort of line saying there's freelancing and then there's mashing. And what we mean by that is the process of how we've cultivated this community, the process of how we've, I guess, organically grown to where we are today and where we're looking to evolve from here, um, has really been focused on staying true to this purpose of empowering the creative world that we live in to work for themselves. And by doing that, you know, we've sort of almost built this prototype of profile of the type of masher that we work with, even though they're, they're situated across 31 countries. You know, vast majority have had between anywhere between 10 and 14 years experience. Yep. Um, but again, experience is not necessarily a reflection of what someone's sort of creative caliber or c- capacity is. Mm. You know, what we really look for is people who have driven impact in new audiences, you know, and that's where a lot of brands come and speak to us because it's not just about creating a, a campaign or, you know, doing something beautiful. It's about engaging a new audience through the really cluttered world that we live in today. And to engage and to reach a new audience, it's so important that we, as just as humans, realise that we're all consuming and making decisions in a much less linear way than mm. we used to. So having that diverse perspective in your team is is critical. Mm. Um, and I guess that's still to this day, you know, five years ago when I started, uh, when the business started to, to grow and we started, you know, getting referred business, we made a decision then we we weren't going to advertise for, for freelance talent. And to this day, we've still never advertised. We've only brought in um, talent or we've brought in people to join our community as and when demand has, um, I guess, required that. And so we work on a referral-only basis. And in that, you know, a lot of young businesses, traditionally when you're in this position where maybe you're looking to grow a little bit more or you're looking to double down on how you um, be more effective in what you do, the first thing they would usually invest in is some sort of growth or salesperson or business development person ours was the polar opposite the first person we brought into our business in uh, I guess a capacity other than myself in that full-time space was someone to help manage the community and the reason for that for me it was I mean a lot of (laughs) a lot of the decisions that I've made and continue to make I sort of put this filter of common sense around it and going back to, you know, staying true to our purpose, looking at how great work is created, looking at what clients or brands were looking at, if you don't look after that community, they won't look after you. Mm -hmm. And that was where we brought in a community manager very early on um, and now we have an arm of the business that looks after that entirely and that's everything from referrals, recruitment, events. We're starting a learning and development arm. Oh, wow. um, Which, yeah, which for me is the... I'm super excited about that yep. because I think that's, you know, again, if if you choose to work for yourself because you're in that position to do so, why shouldn't you 
get the perks that you could get if you were, you know, working in a, a large corporation somewhere, you know? Yeah. So please run us back to, you know, the, the <laughs> moment where you were like, I just need to start this thing called MASH. Because <laughs> um, I, I love that how you said before, like, you know, sometimes the decisions that we make, they're, they're no longer linear. And Yeah, no, I um, I definitely haven't had, a like, a linear career path. We were talking before yeah. we jumped on about you were saying, like, how you and your dad mm. have very similar roles. Like, my brother and my dad are basically carbon copies of one yep. another. I kind of was a bit of a dark horse and did my own sort of thing for for all forever really yeah. and I I I I was always um I've always just I've always taken on the approach with whatever work I do I, I I've wanted to do good and what I mean by that is I think I've I, I, I was brought up to you know at least if you do something make sure you put your your best foot forward and I think regardless what my career path sort of was prior to starting MASH that was the consistent thread and um, I think that's where I was also, though, a bit challenged because I was highly ambitious. Um, I, needed, I needed to get punched in the face a few times, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, I, I did need that, and I did. I, that, that's a different story. But, like, you know, I think it was just one of those things where, for me... As in, like, a reality check? Reality in, check, yeah. yeah, reality check. And, um, you know, I think uh there's not actual like no not actually work. punches at the <laughs> face no I, I, i'm too uh, i'm like if somebody oh uh, yeah no no definitely not definitely not no i mean um it, i think um there's this there's a perception particularly if you've grown up in australia like with tall poppy syndrome or you know this appetite or appeal maybe not to be too big for your own boots do you know mm. and stay I, in your lane stay in your lane yeah. like i like I, when i first one of the in the first couple of weeks of the idea of MASH, and I'll, I'll go back to answering that question, but I remember saying to somebody um, about the idea of what I wanted to create and the way I explained it to him was, um, you know, I've spent 15 years of my career abroad and my family are here in Australia, but, you know, I'm really interested about what's happening in Asia. Like, I, I want to be able to build this business um, in the world that I do know, which was working with creatives, working, you know, in that sort of sphere um, that didn't have that didn't have borders, you know. I didn't want to have a roof over my head. I wanted to be able to have roots in Australia. Um, I wanted to be able to still work in Europe because that's where I'd spent a large proportion of my career. But I saw there being great opportunity in Asia just because of the, the vastness of perspective and culture and diversity in such a close proximity. And it was interesting, um, I guess, obviously, as well, being of Indian descent. I've, I've gone back to India every second, third year of my life and seeing how Western brands were infiltrating within these markets. I was just, I was fascinated by it. It yep. was just pure curiosity within that. And um, I said to this guy, this is what I want to create. And he he basically turned to me and he like, you know, we were, we were joking about it, but he's like, oh, Tash, you know, well, maybe you should learn to water your backyard first. And, and I looked at him and I kind of just went, well, you know, you must have a pretty small backyard if, if, if that's how you're thinking. And we'll it, re- it well, it just really bugged me because yeah. that, like, that, that attitude is something that I'd faced a lot and my whole life. And, it, you know... It, Sorry, continue to face as well? Um, I, 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 not as much because I think the way that I now sort of play, I sort of always frame it as how I play, but the way I now play is that I look to surround myself with people with similar mindsets. So, and I think that's something that comes you know, with maturity and making a lot of bad mistakes and, you know, learning from those mistakes. But 
I find myself in a position now I'm less around that sort of thinking because I I choose not to be and I'd rather Mm. be around people who not necessarily there's this perception of you know um uh, you know, over-the-top optimism. That's not it at all. It's more so being clear and transparent as to why you're doing something, but finding and being around the right people who help support that and nurture that, but also will tell you when you need to step back in your lane for the right reasons. Yeah. And, you know, when MASH was started, um, the short of it was I I took a job for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, I was, I was in my early 30s, uh, I had moved back to, to Melbourne for this role and on paper it looked really good. You know, it was that kind of role that you want to get before you, you know, you buy a house in a year or two or, you know, an apartment because... The, the set-up job. The set-up job, you know. <laughs> and um, I was kind of like, all right. And in my own head, I genuinely said I'm going to do this role for a year. Yep. Um, I'm going to save a heap of money. And, and then after that, you know, I'm going to get my apartment and then I'm going to start this business. And I've always had a, a really, whether it is a, a, a knack or I've realised now I think it's just my approach of how I make decisions. And we joked about this when we, when, when we sat down to talk. It's either a hard left or a hard right really yeah. fast. Yeah. And um, that's been consistent my whole life. When things are good, it's good. When things are bad, it's, it's sharp. Handbrake. Uh, yeah, completely. And I walked into this company, I... I culture every aspect I was the wrong person for this role every aspect it was a senior leadership role um and I I, it was the first time in my life people would be like how's work and I just went I don't want to talk about it because I just didn't enjoy it um but you know the way the universe works I only lasted three months there and I left because it it really wasn't the right cultural fit but it really shone a mirror for me on what was important in terms of what my career, what my personal and professional life needed to look like. And um, basically, I, it was a, a bit of an it was an unfair dismissal case. Um, but I won that. But then at the same time, it was one of those things where soon after that happened, I um, basically twenty minutes after that happened, I, I basically went to a cafe and registered mash and um yeah I I still remember the cafe it was hilarious because I got into my car and I was like so shaken about it and I was near Hawthorne I think it was I don't even didn't even know what was around Hawthorne and it was a churros like you know chocolate store I ordered some churros I'm like I don't even like churros and um anyway so I registered mash knowing that I had this idea of this business and knowing how unempowered I felt in that role um I really wanted to set out to empower others who I knew had the same sort of intention of doing great work as I did and were good at what they did, but maybe weren't in a situation where they were set up to do that. Mm. What I found was as soon as I set that up, having never freelanced, but having worked with creative freelancers, I'd, I'd, I'd you know, built a career where I was you know, engaging multiple agencies throughout my career that you would identify key people in these roles. And in these roles, they weren't looking to climb the ladder to get that top seat. They were in that spot just about to go out on their own and or, or they were looking to sort of stay in there. And I was like, well, what if you started, you know, I, the, the way I first described it to somebody was like, think of the Avengers. If you had like little dream teams of people who have specialist skills, specialist expertise, all coupled together, 
um, and then literally packaged up, tied in a bow and plugged into a business. Like it's a far more efficient way to drive something. Um, and that was, that, was the, that was the sort of agenda and intention. And um, I then moved back home for 10 months, which was uh, a pivotal point in MASH and my life. Because <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, humbling. It's probably yeah. a, a... How wild is it when you move out uh, and you move back in with your folks? Well, I moved out when I was 18. Yeah, okay. And I went to London on a one-way ticket, basically <laughs> saying to my family, see you later. I was just like... Miss Independent, you know, was backpacking through Russia, yep. like all this sort of stuff. D- did some crazy things in that era of my life. And then um, my my younger brother, when when this all happened and I was on the phone to him, he's a, he's a really wise kid uh, to this day. And um, I just said to him, I was like, you know, I've had this idea for this business. I, I, I'm thinking about doing it, but, you know, I've taken this lease out on this apartment. And he's just like, Natasha, like, stop talking shut up he's like seriously he's like you've been talking about this this idea of doing your own thing for longer than i remember he's like this is the first time in what 15 years you've been in the same city as mum and dad they live 20 minutes from where you are pack up your apartment move in with them if anything it's going to set you up to basically make this successful (laughs) so went to mum and dad's that night told dad and he was like yeah sure told mum and she's like how long are you going to be here for (laughs) so um yeah that 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 was uh an interesting and that was a you know it was an era of my life where you know the age I was at a lot of my friends were getting married a lot of um baby showers um, and I spent a year where I, I, I missed all of that. Like, I, I think there was like four or five weddings that I didn't get to go to because they were overseas. Most like I only just moved back to Australia. Yeah. So a lot of my close friends were overseas. And um, it, yeah, I, 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 at the time, I didn't see it as a sacrifice. It was more so I this just had to work. Yeah. You know, that, that was basically in my own head. I was like, this just has to work. Um, Your back was against the wall. And you were like, this is my moment or? Um, I just, I, I think I, I, it's a really hard one to describe, but I think going back to sort of explaining earlier on how my, um, my personality, so to speak, like I've always been very driven and I've, I always wanted to do, do good. I, like I, I've always been in a bit of a, an achieving sort of mindset. I don't, I don't, I've been competitive. Like that's, that's who I am. And I, I don't think competitiveness need be a dirty word. Mm. It can be a really positive thing um, if nurtured in the right way. And um, I think for me where I was just, I was sick of it was I, I just finally wanted to set myself up in the way I wanted to set myself up. And I was finding the, the structures or opportunity I was getting through traditional institutions or how that would look just wasn't servicing that for me and that doesn't mean that you can't have a a really fruitful entrepreneurial career working for somebody so you can find great bosses and great companies that give you that ownership and empowerment but I I was just not finding my spot and you know I always say now even though it's only been five years the the most positive thing for me personally that's come out of MASH and that's outside of what the business has done, outside of the the amazing team I work with and the experience that I've had of that, it actually gave me the platform to become the person that I wanted to become. And that's not in light of what that is as a job title, but it just, we again spoke about this before we jumped on here, but it just really um, 
broadened how I needed to grow personally and that's just not I think a lot of people have this perspective of self-development or personal growth is you do that for a job you know you need to do that to become a leader and you and like my my whole way of living has always been yes work plays a an integral component of my life but it's only one part of it and if you can find a way to grow yourself whilst also being challenged or nurtured in a professional sense and a personal sense and whatever you know other elements there are um that's a it's a it's a great journey to be on you know and I feel that that for me now is the part that I love the most about what I do because Mm -hmm. if I look back five years ago and even my own my, my own father said to me I think it was not last Christmas yeah last Christmas and you know, he said it in the most beautiful way. He'd come to our house for for a barbecue just before, you know, the rest of the family. He's just like, if you had told me your life looked like this, you know, it was going to look like this four years ago, I, I like, I wouldn't have believed you. And then he walked back in. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, wow. <laughs> but it was just like, I, you know, and I say that because it's, it, there's still such a long journey to go. But I think the hardest thing is when, when you decide to make a decision to, to, you know, press the green button. It doesn't mean you need to, run the world when you start a business but whatever your intent is of why you're doing it you've got to stay true to you because I think that's where a lot of people can either get jumbled up and going oh I've started this business and I need to be this type of entrepreneur or I need to be this type of leader when actually just be really honest why you've started it and yeah. then keep that in check to just enjoy it that way love that Tash <laughs> that's so cool like you know one of the, I can't remember the exact stat, but it, it was like shockingly low, the percentage of female founders in the creative space. Mm. Can, can you share a little bit about any challenges that you've noticed working in that space, how you've overcome those? And I love that. I'm assuming it's tied up in that professional and personal development piece that you were just talking about yeah. in terms of you know, looking at your own skill set. And I find sometimes running a business is like looking in the mirror sometimes of going right, you can see my strengths and you can see my weaknesses and you have to really lean into those. Like. Totally. I, I, you know, it's, it's really interesting because I guess my whole life I've kind of walked into rooms and it doesn't matter what room I walk into, I usually stand out like a sore thumb. So whether I think about it from a, my what I do in terms of industry, mm-hmm. whether I think about it in terms of my age in terms of, you know, I guess through MASH, I've had some wonderful opportunities to meet with some incredible business leaders. And, and again, like, you know, you, you almost at some point sort of look around going, oh, okay, you know, this is interesting. It, it's a very different. And I guess my, my perspective around whether it is age, sex, ethnicity, regardless of these boxes that society sort of um, look to pigeonhole us in terms of what, what we're capable of um, and I and I do feel quite privileged that I think this way because I really understand that's not something that everyone may have been exposed to but I've never used those differentiators mm. to be something that uh, would mitigate or put a, a wall up for an opportunity and the way that it's I, I know that may just sound easier said than done but if I were to place energy into that I would actually not be putting energy into the work. And I think that's where I would rather focus on, again, because there's me and then there's work. And so if I'm talking about work and if people 
there, there are some crazy stats out there, whether it is about raising capital or whether it's about the industry or whether it is about just women in general in leadership positions. And it's not belittling or devaluing that. There definitely ought to be a voice to help elevate that. But I guess from my personal perspective, it's about how do you elevate as a human to just be better and, you know, take the best intent to bring others around you who share that mindset with you to do better as well, rather than focusing on, well, yes, this is, you know, who I am and they're around it. And hopefully by doing, taking that approach, the question marks around whether it is age, sex, you know, industry, diversity, whatever the case may be, um, get answered in the same approach. Mm. Is that Cool answer. Well, it's, it's honestly true because yeah. I just um, – like because we, we grew up my, – my dad was in the Air Force growing up, so we grew up in some proper small towns. And, I, I mean, my brother and I were lucky because we could both run and catch a ball. So any new school we moved to, we were immediately picked, like mm. in the sporting teams. So and common stuff. ground. Of totally, people, yeah. yeah. Sport was our currency. And I think having that – as uh, it was like I, 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 I would love to analyze that, but just that was such a pivotal way, I think, of how we how we thought about ourselves because we didn't, yeah, how you know how we looked or where, where we're from didn't actually play a part. It was actually what what are you capable of? And again, you know, I, I said it earlier, I, I know it's a it is a privileged way of thinking, but it's something that I really encourage because, um, I think the more there's there's a, there's a lot of conversation, particularly about you know d- diversity and inclusion in our industry, um, and yet I find it fascinating that a lot of the voice pieces aren't necessarily people who are um, in any of those categories. So from my side, I just go well. The the, the focus has always just been staying true to why, and um, and then from there. And I that that's what I, I do love what we've we're doing at Mash right now from from it being myself to now you know this global community of people we're working with on a same sort of viewpoint. It, it's still small in the spec of it, but it's um, I think that ripple effect is exciting. Totally. <laughs> hey, I'm mindful of your time. Yeah. A couple of last two things I just want to uh, ask is if you could give us like a rapid fire of like you know five things that you perhaps wish you knew or five things that you would share with people who wanted to to start their own thing because I, I often in the work that I do I often hear people go you know I, I do this but I've always wanted to do x or I've, I've got a bit of a business idea what, what do you think about it um, um I think five things okay that's how I can think of a couple <laughs> yeah just go a couple this totally yeah yeah um I think one of the first things I'd always encourage is that if you are, and I talk to a lot of people who are about to go out, you know, working for themselves or considering, um, you know, starting a business or so, be really clear why. Be really, really, really clear why. Because I think there's this, you know, we all wear rose-tinted glasses around starting something, having that ownership, working from wherever, flying here, doing this, that. And yes, that is amazing, but my God, it's a lot of hard work. And, you know, if you are in a relationship or if you are, um, if you've got a young family, you know, be clear how that's going to impact them, you know, and how do you build something that allows you to have what your life looks like and what your professional life looks like with that. Um, To do that, 
Uh, and I gave the same advice to my now business partner because we she she was quite unhappy in a role and she asked me a similar sort of question and I didn't have a really um, sophisticated answer but it, it stayed true to how I basically make decisions now. Um, I don't have like a one particular mentor. I feel like I probably have about 30 and what I mean by that is I whenever I'm challenged with a, a thought around something, so if you're thinking about going and doing something, you don't necessarily need someone there to sit you down and give you advice. But if you're considering it and you know why you want to do it, just getting a breath of like just perceptions or perspectives around you know why you should, shouldn't, will help you actually come up with what your answer is. And I, I live by that. Like I, I Probably frustratingly so, I think... <laughs> even my partner knows that whenever I'm like confused about something, I'll, I'll just go talk to three or four people. And I, I've sort of learned through that process how to, um, I guess, how to find an answer. And if I were to say a third one, um, I think the most important thing is, and it's sometimes you've really got to remember this if you're growing a business um, or even just starting a business, but you do this because it's an extension of yourself. So it's it's got to, I don't want to sound cliche that it's got to be fun, but you've got to enjoy it. And, you know, there'll, there'll be parts that you don't enjoy. You know, there's always skills or things that we all don't like doing. But, you know, be clear on what it is, as you said up front, about what you like, what you don't like, where's your strengths, where's your weaknesses, and surround yourself with those people that can help complement that. You know, because I think that's the second that, you stop enjoying it. And that's something that I've always been really clear with myself. I'm like, okay, if it gets to a point where I'm not actually enjoying it, I've got to really consider why I'm doing this. And so that for me is probably the the baseline of it all yep. because like life's too short. Otherwise, if you're, if you're putting all this into something, then, you know, you've got to enjoy it. Yeah, love that. And last question before we let you go um, and it's just our a question that we ask all of our, our guests yeah. our, our dear um, Dan Lenardi who founded this um, project yeah. with me so I'll just play his intro music to okay. all Taco Taco I'm roaring he used to call me Taco <laughs> amazing I still don't know why. I'm brewing yeah I'm soaking it up Taco just thought I'd drop you a little late night surprise for you <laughs> I'm not sure if you can hear the sizzling. I'm just sort of stewing on that. Oops. I'm roaring. <laughs> so what are you roaring about, Tash? <sighs> um, I'm doing a road trip oh. through Darwin to Broome oh, um, wow. in December, which I'm pumped about. Yep. So we're just... Uh, yeah, this was a trip. So I love a road trip. Yep. Like always been a massive fan Me of too. a road trip. Yeah, love yeah. road trips. So only way to travel. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that 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 is a something right now that I'm like seriously pumped about because yeah, yeah I'm just excited to explore that part of the world. I haven't actually spent much time there. Other than that, um, I'm still a bit obsessed. This is really basic, but I had this charcoal thiao noodle dish last week okay. when we were, I was with my team in, in Singapore and it was literally life-changing. <laughs> like, yeah, cool. It was just from a hawker hall that like I've gone to before, but I sort of snuck in and like got a bowl before I flew back out and I just went, Oh my God, that's just made my whole trip. <laughs> like <laughs> genuinely. Awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. Food generally plays a pretty yeah. big part of my life. So, um, 
that would be that. And then travel would be a second. So just thinking out loud, just because I was planning this trip last night, yeah, it's yeah. top of mind. And then I haven't had lunch yet, so I'm a bit hungry. <laughs> so I was thinking about those noodles. <laughs> oh, man, well, I'm going to let you go. But, um, you know, thanks so much for coming on the show. Is there a way that people can... Um, you know, see your updates and, and check out MASH further? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, feel free to please drop me an email. Um, but otherwise, I mean, our website, this is mash.com, has everything. We're, we're actually in the process of revamping that a little bit. So in the next month, definitely do check it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're, lines are always sort of open with us. So I'd love, love to always just meet really interesting people and have a chat with it. Awesome. Thanks, awesome. Tash.